Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. Real friendship is undefeated, isn't it? It's just amazing. So grateful uh, that we're not just a ministry here, but we are a... Everybody on the front row knows that. Um, But let's say that all together. At Legacy, we're not just a ministry. We are a... And that's really what we're going after. We believe that God's idea for the local church is that we be a family. That we be a family. And uh, I know everybody has different definitions of family. Some people hear that and they're like, that's the last thing I want from my church. Thank you very much. My family was terrible, so I think I'll go somewhere else. Um, Other people say, man, I had a great time uh, growing up in my family, so I have really high expectations of my church. And I I think both of those um, are okay because they represent your history, your life that you get to bring before the Lord and just write a new story with Jesus and with Jesus's body. And so we've just... Um, ask God to define family from his perspective, not, not from our experiences perspective. And here's what we feel like family is. Family is where you're loved into your purpose. Front row knows that too. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but family is where you're loved into your purpose. You're accepted as you are. It's great. Come home. We love you. Uh, but we're also expectant for you to be transformed into God's purpose for your life. Amen. You have a purpose, you have a destiny, you have a reason that you are alive today, and we believe that part of that reason is to write history and change the world, because you're anointed to make a difference. Somebody say amen. Look at the person next to you, say, you're anointed to make a difference, and you smell good. I'm glad I'm sitting next to you. That's good. Give somebody a high five. We're so happy you're at Legacy today. We're going to continue our sermon series on connections uh, today. And um, I am very excited to be talking about relationships, uh, particularly um, right in the middle of the Valentine's Day holiday. Did you guys do good for Valentine's Day? You know what my wife and I did? Went to bed early. Hashtag parent life for real. I think we're in bed by like 8.30 or something like that. And uh, I laid down in the bed. I was like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. This is actually the anniversary of our engagement. We got engaged on Valentine's Day. And we started dating on Valentine's Day. Some powerful moments for us. So you would think, you know, there'd be like this sacred uh, time together at some point throughout the day, particularly at the end of the evening. But I climbed in bed. And uh, I climbed in bed, and there was just a body pillow between my wife and my spot. And I was like, you know, I love you. Happy Valentine's Day. She's like, huh? I'm like, all right, you're already asleep. I love you. You're my beloved. Happy Valentine's. So, uh, yeah, hashtag parent life, man. Um, man, I am, I'm so grateful to be in a community that loves love. I can't get enough of it. You know, we said friendship is undefeated, man. Love is really undefeated. How many of you guys know love is the most powerful force in the entire universe? Um, if there's a problem so big, you can't figure out how to solve it. Let me give you a hint. Just add love. Just add love. Just add love. You know, that's how I got my wife. Just add love. She didn't want anything to do with me at first. Just kept adding love until that. It was just like the God of the breakthrough. Just, you know, just love those walls down. Come here. Hallelujah. So we're, we're, we're doing this whole month on, on connections. And um, we're talking about some different key com- connections in your life. And so what we learned last week Uh, was that if you are going to have healthy relationships in life, you have to have a healthy connection to God the Father. Amen? Um, 
Sorry to interrupt the whole message, but do you guys hear that? You guys hear it? Brian, you hear it? I think somebody left something on. Maybe so. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Let's give it up for Brian. Amazing. I was like, I'm getting to my scripture, and I felt distracted, so I figured y'all were distracted, so I was like, time out. Hold on. Got to get real. Before we get spiritual, we got to deal with the distractions. That's a word right there. I'm already preaching. Are you taking notes? That's the question. We'll turn anything into a sermon. That's what preachers do, you know? It's just like we just turn anything into a message. Um, no, we've been on this thing of connections, and so last week we talked about our connection with God, and, and uh, we're, we're going to talk about our connection with our, our spouses or our significant others or the one you want to be your significant other. You know, we'll talk a little bit about dating and things like that. Um, next week, my wife is going to bring a word that's going to be fantastic. You don't want to miss it. Um, then the following week, we're going to have Seth and Michelle Fairber as part of the message, and we're going to, you know, get into the lovey-dovey stuff, and so I'm expecting for that, and today what I'm going to be talking about is I'm going to talk about a key connection in your life, and that connection is with your church community, all right? So I, I need permission. I'm requesting permission. Before I start this sermon, I'm requesting permission from you to just preach it in the way that God gave it to me, all right? Because I'm going to say some things that if you're a guest today, just give me a free pass, all right? Just come back next Sunday, please. Don't count this message against me like, man, he's intense. I, I, I am intense, but I'm also nice, and I'm full of love and grace in Jesus' name. Um, but the way I drew it up was like, you know, I'm just going to be really bold, and uh, I don't think you're going to be alarmed. I'm kind of teeing this up like it's going to be bad, but I don't think you're going to be alarmed. I just want to say some really straightforward things. Is that okay? About engaging and having healthy church community in your life, uh, because you need it. Turn to the person next to you. Say, you need it. I don't actually know if you guys believe this yet, but let me say this to you emphatically. You need healthy connections with the body of Christ. You were never meant to do life alone, right? First uh, Timothy says that God's family is the church. Let me say that again. God's family is the church, right? Like you were born into a family whether you like it or not. You didn't get to vote the fam about the family that you were born into. You just, you, can't, you had a mom and you had a dad. Inevitable, right? Church can be like that sometimes. Sometimes you're like, I don't even want to go to that church. The Lord's like, you're going to that church. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're born into a family. You're born into a spiritual family. And just in the same way, I don't know what your last name is. Mine is Phillips. I'm born into the Phillips family, right? You are born into the family of Jesus, which includes your brothers and your sisters in Christ. The Bible calls it the body of Christ. And we are designed to thrive and to connect and to have healthy relationships amidst our covenant community that we call the church. Church is God's idea. Right? Amen. It is. It's not some man-made uh, invention. It's not just an organization. It's an organism. It's a living, breathing, life-giving entity that is alive, and that's why the Bible calls it the body of Christ. I don't know if you guys have uh, read your Bible recently, but he got up out of the grave. So when he calls us the body of Christ, you know what that tells me? That we are called to be alive. We're called to be thriving, and we're called to be connected. And so I want to I kind of rewind the tape, and I want to zoom in on a particular moment in church history in which connections and fellowship was flowing at like a historical high, all right? So we're going to throw it back to the book of Acts, and I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bible to Acts 2. If you don't have your Bible, we'll read it off the screen. But we're going to read a passage. Uh, when Nathan Finocchio was here from Hillsong, he actually read this passage um, in, in our leadership brunch. So 
Some of you guys saw that on Instagram. You're like, I wish I was there. Hey, all you got to do is sign up to serve. Anyways, so Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47 says this, and they devoted themselves. Somebody say devoted. Devoted. That's a good question when you start thinking about church. Am I devoted? (laughs) And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together And breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. How many of you guys would like to have favor with all the people, right? That's pretty awesome. And the Lord added to their number, we just sang about this, God of revival, day by day, those who were being saved. What if our connection as a church was so vibrant, so powerful, so life-giving that day by day Jesus was saving people as a result of what was happening in our connections? It's pretty awesome. Um, So I want you to imagine for a moment being a part of this church congregation. I want you to imagine being a part of this church kind of fellowship. I mean, the Bible gives us a list of things that's happening in this moment. And the first thing we see is that all who believed were together and they had all things in common. The Bible says they were, they were together. There was a spirit of unity. They were connected. Somebody say connected. Now, I don't know if you've ever been a part of a church community before that you're like, I feel connected right? That's such a powerful feeling. If you've felt that before, say me. me. Yeah, I felt that before. It's, it's so powerful, isn't it? When you feel known. Isn't that amazing? And it's kind of like a miracle today in our culture, right? Right? Everybody, everybody's communicating, but nobody's connected. You know, social media, it's how we keep up with our friends, right? Facebook, how we uh, keep up with our old friends from high school. We're all communicating uh, but we're not necessarily connected. And, and we're called, so just imagine yourself as part of a community like Acts 2, where we're called by Jesus to be thriving in our connection with one another. Uh, secondly, the Bible says that there was no need among them. What would that be like if we were so thriving in our connection as a community that when somebody in the room had a need, the need was quickly met Not because of our benevolence fund. You know what I'm saying? Not because we outsource to the church what's actually our responsibility to take care of as believers. But we knew each other intimately. We were connected in such a way that we're like, I'm going to help you with that need. You need a ride to the airport? I got you. You need a few bucks? I got you. You have an emergency? We're here for you as a small group, as a block party. As a grow group, we're surrounding you. We're praying for you. We're contributing towards your need, right? There's, there's no need. How many of you guys believe this is possible? Come on, it's absolutely possible, but we got to be connected. So everybody helped each other. Uh, they also worshiped together, and they did it often. I don't know about you. This might just be me. It's okay if it's not you, but just one time a week simply is not enough. Two t- I, I double dip every Sunday. Can you believe that? Like, I go to both the 9.30 and the 11.30. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. I double dip every Sunday. It's like we're singing, I can't get enough. I really love church. You know, it's like I'm, like, waking up just, like, stoked to go to church. I woke up at 5 this morning. Like, I was just, like, pumped. You know, like, church. (laughs) Yes. I, I, team night on Tuesday, right? All in team night. Like 
every single one of you guys need to be there, all right? Like, you really do. It's going to be amazing. I'm super stoked on it. Already can't wait for it, you know? So they worship together often. Uh, they ate together in their homes often, Amen. right? This, this is, this is uh, an action that they took that preserved and, and, um, and promoted connection, yeah. right? Today, we don't do this much. Mm-mm. You ain't coming over my house. I'll meet you somewhere, bro. Because I need to be able to leave when I feel. <laughs> I mean, it's okay, you know, if you got a boundary or you need to be somewhere. But today, we just don't do this. You know, we don't practice hospitality like this church community that we are imagining being a part of today you know what would it be like man just stay the night it's all good you know people are like yuck they had lots of joy that's key right there like in order for you to have a thriving healthy connection there has to be joy there right you have to be having fun you have to enjoy it right they had lots of favor the whole city had favor um, on this church? What if the whole city had favor on, on legacy, right? And then there was also revival and there was reformation. Like the city was being transformed. Like the spheres of culture was being transformed. And there was also revival in that people were getting saved every day. There was an unprecedented harvest of people coming into the kingdom of God as a result of this community. This is why I've entitled this message this morning, Old School Fellowship. All right. Just imagine being a part of that, like old school fellowship. So the subtitle is how to have a healthy connection with your church community. Is that is that good for you guys today? That's what we're going to cover today. And so, Lord, I just ask you to help us help me. Lord, help this family. Help us establish the, the kind of connections that are biblical. Help us establish the kind of connections that are grace filled that are anointed, and that you have designed this group for in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Uh, anybody in here ever done CrossFit before? How many of you guys are still doing CrossFit? Nobody. Okay. Okay, yes, we got one. Let's go. Come on. Easy day, baby. That's the things they say to each other at CrossFit. Um, so I, I started doing CrossFit a couple of years ago, and... Um, I thought of CrossFit so often when I was thinking about this old school fellowship because I, I, I remembered back when I joined the CrossFit box. Like, you know, they have their own language because they have their own culture, just like any other church, right? And so it's not a gym, it's a box, all right? So I went and joined the CrossFit box. And like for the first couple of weeks, I realized, man, like joining a CrossFit box is like joining a church. I don't know if you guys noticed this when you join your gym or if you join your CrossFit box or wherever you go to work out. Uh, but I was like, this is so much like joining a church. Like, first of all, you're like, I want to get in shape, right? I want to get healthy, right? No one made a New Year's resolution in 2020. What's wrong with you guys? Like, it's like looking for a church, right? People don't usually go to church because everything is going awesome in their life. Nobody Googles church near me, usually, unless something just went crazy in their world, right? They're like, I need some help. I need to get healthy. I need to be thriving in my connections, which is why you Google a gym. I need to get healthy. I need to get it together. It's, it's very similar. So you find it online or what? Like you hear by word of mouth. So a friend brings you like, man, I got a really awesome box, man. You got to roll with me. Come with me. Saturday morning, 5 a.m. Right. You know, so like you're you go in and you go to check it out. You know, you go for your trial class or you go to check out the church with your friend. Right. For the first service. And um, and you learn about the schedule and, and you learn about all the services that they offer. It's very similar. Right. Uh, to joining a, a gym. And then most important, you're like, OK, how nice are the people? Are the people cool? Are the people going to be friendly? Do I feel connected? Or do I feel silly being here? You know what I mean? Do I feel like I don't fit here? Like, I've been a couch potato for years. Like, these people are all so fit. Like, 
I can't, this is not a place for me to belong. Right? A lot of people interact with church like this. They get there and they're like, I've been so disconnected from church for so long. Now I come in and there's all these people who are like thriving in their connection with Jesus. Like, I don't think I fit here. Or to make it more practical, there's all these people that are like dress cool or in a way that they deem cool. And they're like, this is a hipster church. I don't fit in here. This is crazy. You know how many people have told me that? I'm like, really? You think it's a hipster church? Like, I must be off on the definition of what hipster means. But I remember one time there was somebody who was visiting our church, and they didn't know I was the pastor. And, like, we were walking next to each other, and she was on the phone. She was like, yeah, my friend just brought me this hipster church. And I was like, I was like, okay, she feels, she doesn't feel like connected, right? You know, she doesn't feel like she fits in. And then the other question, like, how are the coaches or the pastors, right? Like, do they even notice that I'm here? Do they really care about me? Are they just trying to run me through the workout? Right? Who are my friends going to be here? Like, am I going to have, like, real relationships? Like, will they want to hang out with me after the workout, after the service? Are they going to invite me to lunch? Are they going to invite me out? When they go and watch the game or the fight or whatever, like, are they, am I actually going to be connected? See, joining a church very similar to joining a gym. And one of the things about CrossFit is very interesting is that if you go to a CrossFit box, like the old school fellowship type of CrossFit boxes, man, them joints is dirty. I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not, but they are filthy, man. They got a bunch of dogs running around. Like, there's dirt everywhere. People get, like, MRSA and staph infections because nobody's wiping off the bar. Like, when you go to, you know, Lifetime Fitness, they got, like, little, you know, everybody's nice and wiping. Everybody and CrossFit, people just sweating all over you. And, like... Like, they don't even have an air conditioning. It's 114 outside. They got no heater. It's 12 below in the middle of the winter. You're wrapping up. in Like, they're all gross. They're nasty. There's not much nice about them. The equipment is all old, like some churches. So, you know, some church that don't take care of the place. Uh, maybe they don't have great leadership. Maybe they've been ignoring the defectiveness of certain ministry programs. You know, that's reality for some churches, right? And it's not normal that you go to church initially to make friends. You go to church initially to get healthy. You don't go there initially to get connected with people. You go there initially to get connected uh, with God. But over time, if you don't have healthy connections, then you leave. And I say that about churches because there are some churches that look like old CrossFit gyms, but people will stay at CrossFit gyms that are nasty Because of connections with the community. In the same way, people will stay at a dysfunctional, decrepit. I'm not trying to land blast anybody. I'm just saying like a bad church because all of their good friends go there. Do you know how many people I've talked to as a pastor? I'm like, hey, where you go to church? They're like, such and such, and I hate it. I'm like, for real? Like, you hate your church? I hate it. How's How's the pastor? bad <laughs> all right you know like your, your board got it together we don't have a board they're they're terrible like i'm like what why do you go to this church like what's up my friends go there you know what i'm saying like you will you will stay in a place that you know may not necessarily be the best place for you but you will stay because you have a connection right and so it's it's very similar joining a church joining a gym right it's like the workout brings you in the worship brings you in but it's your connections as to why that you stay and for as long as I did CrossFit I noticed that the people who stayed were the people who made connections and I've noticed this for as long as I've been a pastor the people who stay are the people who make connections the people who leave are the people who are like, man, I tried that church, but I didn't make any connections. If you're going to have a life-giving experience with your local church community, you must have life-giving connections. You have to have healthy relationships and friendships. And so we're asking ourselves this morning, how do we do that? Maybe you're here and you're like, um, I have it. 
because maybe you're like me when I showed up at CrossFit. I just walked up to the guy with the biggest muscles and I'm like, what's up, bro? We're about to be friends. He's like, you're out of shape. We have nothing in common. Doesn't matter. I'm a campaigner. I love everybody and I'm going to force you to love me at some point. I'm going to wear you down like I did my wife. And then I'm also just going to make this whole atmosphere better because I'm bringing joy. That's my personality, right? That's my part. That's just me. I'm personality. That's my personality. Some of you guys are like that. Like the first day you came to church, you're like, I don't care who talks to me. I'm just going to insert myself into a little group in the altar. What's up? What you guys doing after this? You're going to go to Hunter Station. All right, I'll be there. We, didn't, we don't even know you. You're, we're not even inviting you. I'm, oh, I'll be there. Like. That's, that's how some of you guys interact with church, and I love it. Like, I'm so celebratory of it. Like, you're here for two minutes. You're like, where can I serve? Who needs some help? Get me one of those badges, because I am in. I don't even need to check it out. I'll do next steps at some other time. I'm in. I love you. Like, people like you, I love you. And I understand that it's... it's it, Neither one is right nor wrong. It's just a personality, right? It's a certain personality. And, and, and some people with that personality, they just get hurt quicker because they get the opportunity to feel rejected faster. Some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you showed up at Legacy now. This is your third church in nine months. And you're like, I came in like that at my first church. But at this one, I'm just going to stay under the radar. I don't think I'm going to serve for a long time. You know, I don't think I'm going to invite anybody out. I'm just going to see if they really love me, if they invite me out for dinner. I'm just going to see if the pastors are really genuine and kind. I'm going to wait for them to come talk to me, right? And, and we have these experiences, and, and, they're, and they're real, and, and they're valid. But we all, despite our personalities or our experience, have to know that God wants you, desires for you, has created you, has fashioned and formed you to have healthy connections with your church. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 says, from him the whole body, somebody say church, joined and held together, somebody say connected, by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Not only are you called and created to have life-giving connections, but you are also called and created to contribute to the life-giving connection. As you do your part, the body gets built up in love. So if you are going to have this experience with church, I have three choices that you're going to have to make. Number one is this. You're going to have to choose a church. All right. Now, I'm, I met some folks this morning, different people. They were like, hey, we're just visiting, or I go to another church. That's great. I'm, this is for people who call Legacy Home, because I'm going to rattle their cage a little bit. You just be like, oh, yeah, it's totally fine. It's, it's great. I'm, I'm just here. I'm just watching this. Um, Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves. And they devoted themselves. I looked the word devoted up in the Greek. Guess what it means? To attend constantly. This could not have preached any better for a pastor. I mean, like, that's literally what it means. To attend constantly. Can I tell you this? Legacy Church, the blessing of connection comes when you're devoted, not flaky. The blessing of connection comes... When you constantly attend, not sporadically when you get in the mood, not every now and then when you had a hard week, not when you know you need it because you messed up on Saturday night, but that constant attention, you're choosing your church. Let me ask you a question. What church is your church? I'm talking about taking responsibility. Say, this is my church. Uh, this morning, I don't think Kristen is in here, but she was like, you know, now they come to your church. She's a part of our staff. I said, hey, hey, our church. She's like, that's right. That's right. Our church. That's right. And so I'm like, hey, don't call this my church. This church belongs to God, right? But this is our church, right? And so if you're wanting a life-giving connection with your church community, you have to make a choice and say, this is my church. I'm going to choose this church. I'm going to take some responsibility to Build it up in love. Psalm 92 verse 13 says, they are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish. Everybody say flourish. flourish. 
in the courts of our God. So if you're not planted, why do you expect to be flourishing in your church community connections? If you want to flourish, if you want to be fruitful, you've got to be planted and you've got to get rooted. Right? I know some people are like, I went to that church for three weeks and I didn't flourish. Well, if I put a plant in a pot and I water it for three weeks, I don't expect it to bear fruit. It has not been in the plant long enough. Are you, you're not getting this illustration. I don't know. But I know some folks who are like, I'm not going to choose a church. I'm just going to attend five churches. And they're like a plant that gets plucked up every Sunday and set down into a different pot. And then they're like, okay, here. And they're trying to figure out, why am I not flourishing? And why am I not fruitful? You have not been planted long enough to flourish. How long does it take in agricultural terms for something to bear fruit? It takes a season or two. How long is a season? We have four seasons to a year. A season or two is like six months. Some people are like, I can't figure out why I'm not flourishing and nobody hangs out with me. I've been here five times. Have you talked to anybody? (laughs) You know, have you invited anybody? You know, if if you have and you're trying to figure it out, that's why we're preaching these messages. That's why we have leaders. That's why we have grow groups. That's why we have block parties. Just stay planted for a couple of seasons. Somebody say, stay planted. Number two, you got to make another choice, which is you got to choose to trust your pastor. Yes. Now, I might, I might not be the person to deliver this message because I am your pastor, but you know what? That's why I said, please just have an undefendable heart today, okay? All right? Choose to trust your pastor. Acts 2 and 42 said, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And maybe you're sitting there today, I would trust you, pastor, but I've had a bad experience before. And I'm telling you this. I would love to pour into you, but I've had a bad experience before. So, 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 so maybe we could both pretend like it's the first time. Like when you come into a new church, right? If this ain't your church, you go to a new church, you're getting ready to move. Where Just choose to trust the pastor. Listen, trust is not really earned mistrust is earned trust is given by choice trust is a choice you get to choose who you extend trust to and that's what was happening in this old school fellowship as they said hey we we choose to trust the apostles and what they are teaching john 10 and 27 said my sheep listen to my voice i know them and they follow me now jesus is the chief shepherd that's one of his designations but as a pastor i serve god as an under shepherd and i serve the people of god as an under shepherd and so to be very clear nobody belongs to me everybody including me belong to god can somebody say amen so i'm not trying to take Uh, unnecessary, unhealthy responsibility as a pastor. But I do know that Ephesians chapter 4 teaches me that Jesus personally, the apostle Paul says, has gifted the church with leadership. Right? And so we all have leaders. I have pastors. I have apostles that I listen to. And they say things to me that I'm like, get off my toes, man. And I'm like, you're wrong. And then I go home and pray about it. I'm like, they were right. You know, and so I get it. Like, I I have pastors too. But I want to ask you a question. Who has God given to you as a leader? Right? And the reason I read John 10 is because you've got to discern your pastor's voice. Right? Um, One of the ways you can discern your pastor's voice is this. um, Is their words big in your ears? Right. Or do you religiously patronize them like, hey, that's the pastor of the church that I go to. Or do you say things like this? That's my pastor. There's a difference. There's a difference. Hey, I, I, I listen and I'm, I'm not trying to get anybody to introduce me in a certain way. But if I see you in public and we're meeting somebody and you introduce me, I listen to how you introduce me. Right. The people who say this is my pastor. I'm like. You know, and it always blesses me because I'm like, they choose, they've chosen to trust me. And some people are like, 
I've been going to your church for three years, and this is the pastor at the church that I go to. And, and most of the time, I'm like, okay, that's why you're not flourishing in your connection because you've not chosen the church and you've not chosen to trust me as, as a shepherd. So you have to discern it. And everybody knows the voice of their leaders. They do. They're like, it just hits different. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm with you. I'm following you. I trust the direction that you lead me will ultimately be good for the whole. I think you're off sometimes, but I choose to trust you because you have a perspective that I don't have. Right? And there is a blessing in a, there's a blessing in alignment. There really is. And, you know, in the, in the Old Testament, the shepherds, New Testament too, I guess, but the shepherds, when they would tend sheep, here's what they would do. They would look, it's a little gross, but they would look in their mouth. Right. They would look in their ears. They would just, you know, kind of examine them. And that's how they were diagnosing their health. That's what they would do. That's how they would diagnose the health of their flock. And then they would intentionally take the flock into certain pastures, into certain locations where he knew they needed to feed from so that they could get healthy. And that's what we do as pastors. We take you through different pastures or passages of the scripture to where we discern that you can grow and become healthy. That's why it's important to choose your church, and it's important to choose to trust your pastor so that you can align yourself in a way that they can actually feed you and that you can actually benefit from the work that they are doing to diagnose where you are and to lead you into pastures that could benefit you. Some of you are like, oh, I'm not, I don't know, I'm going to go to church, but I'm not following you. And you're trying to figure out, like, why am I, what, what am I missing here? Why does everybody else seem to be getting it? You have to make the choice, all right? Here's the third choice you have to make. Choose to be an active participant in the life of the church. Yeah. Acts 2 and 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Now, to that last line there in this verse of Scripture, there's three components. And that's what I'm going to highlight as we talk about choosing to be an active participant in the life of the church. A is fellowship, which is the church assembly. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 said, Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, habitual neglectfulness of church. That's what Paul's talking about. I've read all the commentaries. He's talking about the holy day, which is the first day of the week, which is Sunday, when the early Christians, old school fellowship in Acts chapter 2, assembled together early in the morning for this purpose. That's what they were actually doing. I know sometimes people want to interpret that in a different way. Like, no, he wasn't talking about church. He was talking about church. I researched it. So you didn't have to. He said, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, let me give you a phrase about fellowship. Write it down and remember it. It's not going to go over well. I'm giving the disclaimer. But listen, if it wouldn't keep you from work, don't let it keep you from church. That's good, isn't it? If it wouldn't keep you from work, don't let it keep you from church. Let that become your motto if you want to do some old school fellowship. B, which is the breaking of bread. That means communion and meals. I want you to remember something, that Jesus had more teachings around a table than he did in the temple from the scripture. He taught a lot in the temple. It's also amazing to me that people are like, Jesus was never, ever in church he was always out of jesus was way more religious than all of us put together i'm sorry to tell you he went to church all the time like when his parents lost him when he was 12 he's like didn't you know i would be at youth group that's what he said did you not know i would be in my father's house the house of god what is that church right whenever jesus got arrested and like some of his final words he's like why are you guys coming to me with these weapons you could have arrested me as i was in the church the synagogue daily teaching i was in there every single day Uh, that's just an aside you know but like (laughs) jesus 
also had all of these amazing conversations at the table, right? And so we break bread together. We always serve communion. It's up here. You can always come and get it any Sunday. First Sunday of the month, we serve it corporately. Invite people for meals. Hang out with people. Let me tell you, you can quickly get in touch with somebody's humanity when you watch them stuff their face with Chipotle. Because you realize they're a human just like me. They're dependent upon that brown rice and double chicken just like me. You know, like, and, and you start to have compassion and grace for their situation because they become a human again and not just a post in your Facebook feed. That's why we eat together. We, we, we meal together, right? Prayers. Pray for the church and for your church family. It's amazing how you start feeling connected to what you pray for. It's amazing how faith gets ignited on the heart when you consistently pray for something or somebody. Don't just pray for the church as an organization. Pray for the people by name who go to your church and who sit next to you and, and, and ask for prayer quickly. Quickly ask for prayer. Text your grow group. Text the people who sit next to you in church. Text the person you know. If you don't know anybody yet and you're brand new, email hello at LegacyNashville.org. Any prayer request that we ever receive through our website, we pray for it in team meeting. We'll cover you, all right? And here are the results of a connected church community, all from Acts chapter 2. It's a city in all. I want you to note as you read through Acts 2 and 42 that the city was in all prior to the signs and the wonders that were being worked through the apostles. It said that the city was in all and, in the ESV, and signs and wonders were being worked through the hands of the apostles. Prior to anything supernatural happening, the city was in awe as a result of the connection. They were like, we've never seen a community do covenant like that. I'm in awe. Did you know that your connection is a witness, right? Your healthy relationships are a witness to the world that something better is available. Two is unity. They had unity. They, had th- they were together. They were in common. They had a spirit of unity. That didn't mean that they agreed on everything, but even where they disagreed, they chose to connect. Thirdly, there was radical generosity. Like people were literally giving away their houses. They were uh, cashing out their 401k. They were doing these radical things, spirit-led radical things, right? The Bible teaches us not to give under compulsion, Right, But choosing to give as we are led to give, choosing to give as we decide to give in our hearts with joy. Right, So what I believe about this is that the people who did these radical things did so with joy. Because, they're, because they were connected both to God and to the community. And it was their good pleasure. It wasn't religious obligation. Amen? Yeah, They were like radical generosity. I'm connected. I mean, would you not do anything for your kids? Would you not give away anything for your kids? Right. Would you not give your kids anything? Right. Your mom, your dad, your brother and sister. That's the language that the Bible uses yeah. when it talks about the spiritual family. They weren't just saying, hey, brother, like a Baptist deacon or something. It was like, really, they meant it. Yeah. It wasn't like religious language. Yeah. It was like, you're my brother. Brothers got a hug. <laughs> Brothers don't shake hands. It's a movie reference anyway. Um, four is a great favor. They experienced great favor. And the last one was souls saved daily. Honestly, hey, who doesn't want these things? If you want these things, say me. So what's the holdup? That's the question. What's the holdup? And this is what we're going to do as we're closing. Um, but I'm just going to invite the worship team. Go ahead and come up. And uh, Kelly, you can play on the keys just a little bit, but uh, I want to talk as we're closing and we're praying. I want to talk about something that's very important, and that is a spirit of rejection. That's a spirit of rejection. Being rejected really stinks. Can somebody say amen? amen? You know, but perceived rejection, even when somebody doesn't actually reject you, perceived rejection registers on the brain in the same way as actual rejection. So even if people didn't mean to cause you to feel rejected, but you felt rejected, the experience is just as real as if you were actually really forcefully rejected. Like it's, it's real, right? And we all deal with rejection in our life. There's not a single human being that has not felt rejected. 
right? Think about Jesus on the cross, quoting Psalm chapter 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? Jesus is not exempt of the human experience. Each and every single one of us knows what it's like to feel rejected. And, you know, my wife and I, we did a restoring the foundations, like inner healing prayer counseling last year. And they talked about the cycle of rejection, that when you feel rejected and you've been rejected so many times, you then start to expect rejection. You get to this place where you're like, man, I'll go into church. I expect people to reject me. I I expect people to say, we don't want to hang out with you. Like, you're not cool. Like, you don't fit in. We, We don't like you. I had that expectation. And then that expectation becomes your experience. Right? It's like an experience, expectation, experience, expectation, experience, expectation. And then, oh, and then it just keeps continuing until the heart becomes so calloused that you actually start dealing with oppression. You actually start dealing with depression. And you stop feeling like you belong anywhere. You, you start feeling like any environment in which you step into, whether it's the church, the gym, somebody's house, your own parents' house, your expectation is to be rejected. Some of us had parents that actually rejected us. Some of us had absentee fathers. Some of us had neglectful mothers. Some of us know what it's like to actually experience rejection in our life. But God, the Father, accepts you. And that's the truth of the gospel, guys, is that whenever Jesus, uh, his sacrifice was accepted, right? And he said, here's here's my body that's been broken and opened up so that you could be healed and be made whole he was talking about a holistic salvation experience which doesn't just touch your spirit but it also touches your soul and it heals all of the rejection in your life that you've experienced so that you can be a part of God's family forever and that you can be a part of God's body as the church and that you can have thriving healthy connections with your spouse and healthy connections with your kids and that you won't Reject your kids because you were rejected, but you accept them and welcome them in so that they'll feel that spirit of adoption that all of us long to feel and are called to feel. And so I thought the way that we could close, which might be a little bit interesting, is just to break off the spirit of rejection. If somebody in here is feeling that uh, and has experienced that, I think we've all felt it or experienced it at one point, but some of us are dealing with it very, very intensely. And let me tell you, the solution is an encounter with the Father, but here's a, here's a secondary solution that is just as important. Romans 15 and 7 says, accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you in order to be, bring praise to God. Accept one another. Accept one another, right? Accept one another. This is what we do as, as, a, as a body, as a community, as a people. We accept one another. So I just want to ask you to stand this morning. And um, I love that passage of Scripture in dealing with the spirit of rejection because it, it tells us what Christ has accomplished for us and that He's accepted us through His sacrifice. But then it also gives us an admonition, which is to accept one another to solidify that. You guys like that? I like that. So just for a minute, I just want to ask you, just just for a moment, just come to that, come to a place of peace. You can take a deep breath in if you want, and just just close your eyes. We just want to do, we just want to do some business right now in the spirit. Just for a moment. Just for a moment. Let's do some business right now in the spirit. This is why you came to church. This is, this is the reason that the Lord drew you into this house this morning. And that is so that he could, he could meet with you. He could connect you. He could love on you as his son and as his daughter because that's exactly who you are. And so the first thing I want to deal with this morning is anybody um, who feels rejected by God. And I know sometimes we can feel rejected by people, but it, it, it gets in us in such a way and it's a cycle in such a way that we feel rejected by God. So the, the first the first group of people is, is I just want to, if you don't know Jesus at all, like you've never been saved, you've never been set free, you're not in a relationship with Jesus at all, but today is your day. I just want to ask you first and foremost, just to lift your hand courageously because we're going to pray right now. And today's the day of salvation for you. Is that anybody in here? We always want to give the opportunity for you to just come home in Jesus name. Awesome. Is, is there anybody in here that you just, you need to rededicate your life to Jesus today? Like you're far from God and you know it and uh, you just need to come home. We, we want to pray for you as well. Like you've just been far from God. Is there anybody in here? I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand. All right, let's go to the next one. Um, 
if you feel rejected by God, every eye is closed, nobody's looking around, but if you genuinely are just like, I feel rejected by God, would you just lift your hand? Is there anybody in here? Anybody else? Just be bold. It's okay. You can be courageous. We're going to pray together. Awesome. I see you guys. Amazing. I see you guys. I see you guys. Awesome. Um, and then how many of you guys right now, you just feel like you are dealing, literally, the only way you know how to articulate it is like a spirit of rejection. Like you so expect rejection that it's like, it's your mentality. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? Just, you're gonna get set free today. Come on, let's just, we're using our hands. We're lifting our hands before the Lord. The Holy Spirit is identifying us and he's just gonna minister right now to your soul. So just put your hand over your heart right now. Lord, we thank you that the Bible says, truth says that you have accepted us. So we're gonna start first and foremost. Anybody in here who feels rejected by God, we break off the spirit of rejection by the finished work of Jesus Christ. May the blood and the body of Jesus deal a death blow today, right now, to the spirit of rejection. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If that was you or um, the next group that just, you just feel like, honestly, like, I just feel so rejected by people. I expect to be rejected by people. In Jesus' name, we break off that rejection. You guys just say with me, say, I repent for believing a lie that I am rejected and that I must expect rejection because that is not my portion it's not my promise and it's not true it may have been my experience but it's not God's truth I am accepted I am loved I am welcomed in I am a son or I'm a daughter. <laughs> I belong. Spirit of rejection, go. Affection and affirmation from the Father, come. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Something I learned through just some prayer counseling and even through doing this RTF that we did last year is that sometimes when you repent and you break any ties with rejection or anything like it you don't feel any different like I just want to encourage you if you're like I don't I literally feel the exact same it's okay because that whole week that we did a prayer counseling last last year right how many of you guys know that uh, brain surgeons don't operate on themselves I know some of you are like you're a pastor and you get inner healing yes so much of it I didn't feel, I did a whole week and I didn't feel anything. I felt tired. That's what I felt. I was like, it's a long week. But you know what? A week later, I noticed the difference. And a month later, I noticed the difference. And then three months later, I'm like, wow, I'm a different person. I've been transformed. And so today, guys, we just break any and all agreements with the enemy and the spirit of rejection. And we just declare you are accepted, you are loved, and you are welcomed in. Everybody say, I'm accepted. I am loved, and I belong, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.